Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy. All right, we're back. No, no, no. Who wants to do the intro? Go, CJ. No, you already started. Hit it. All right, we're back with another episode of the Zero Weakness Podcast. Uh, we are brought to you by the good people at Establishment Coffee. If you want to get a discount on uh, some coffee, head to the website, uh, com or .com.au, one of them, and use the code 025 to get 25% off in free shipping. Off to a good start. Nice. <laughs> I like it. Fantastic. How are we all? Amazing. Very good. Really good. Good. good Very good. 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 Uh, CJ, what are you grateful for, brother? Oh, man. What am I grateful for? You got oh, that yeah. new whip. Subaru. Yes. Yes. Subaru. I'm grateful Subaru. for Subaru. <laughs> Japanese cars. Very Yes, very grateful for Japanese cars. Um, yeah, love my car. I, yes, I'm very grateful that I have my dream car. Tell them what you got. I got a Subaru BRZ in the World Rally Blue. Um, a Wait, car did, that didn't I, we go through this last week? I think I think we did. Yeah, just say it again anyway. Yes. <laughs> Wait, is that the color World Rally Blue? Yes, World Rally Blue. Yeah, I mean, it's the same blue as my car, but... Whatever. <laughs> it's my not. My car is just it's blue. Not the same. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. As a kid, I always watched the rallies, and that's when the Subaru Rexies used to dominate the rally, and that was the color that they were in. And one day, I was like, when I own a Subaru, I want it in that blue. And Have I told you I had a Impreza WRX? Yes. Yeah. In yeah. NZ. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Mm. Like James McRae over here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> James Col- McRae. Colin Hendry. <laughs> He died, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. One of the goats. R.I.P. King. That was my first car I bought. Oh, what mm. a great first car. Oh, it's your first car. Well, That's a so pretty impressive first no, 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 car. No, 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 no. So I already had a car that my parents handed oh, okay. me down. And then my first car that I purchased myself was that one. Okay, let's go, let's do the rounds then. First car ever. So what was the one your parents handed you down? Kia Sportage. Did you? Damn, you're a big Kia supporter. <laughs> a 99 Kia Sportage. <laughs> nice. Did you guys ever name your cars? Oh, my parents always name their car. <coughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, every time. The Civic was called the White Bronco. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That's little great. war horse. Come on. What's the What's the BRZ called? I haven't got a name for her. I haven't it'll, got a name. It'll come to you. Her? Yeah. Yeah, it's always yeah. got to be a her. Well, well how do you know not, it's not, not a they them? Yeah. True. You guys are making, <laughs> you guys are making wild oh, no, assumptions. I made an assumption on the gender of my car. <laughs> Flip and get cancelled. <laughs> no. Also, okay, my first car was um, a Lancer. Um, and it had like a full Evo body kit and her name was Misha. Misha. Because Misha was a baddie. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and this car was bad. Nice. My, and then I got a newer Lancer, the one that I just had. And that model Lancer is called a CJ model. Nice. So I named him Junior. Oh, cute. Uh, <laughs> CJJ. Yes. But now I don't know what to call me. The BRZ. Carl's so, Junior. Carl's Junior. Carl's <laughs> Junior. <laughs> Bridget, first car after your penny farthing? <laughs> the wind up. The wind. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, my friend sold me a um it was like a nineteen ninety one, I think Suzuki Swift that didn't reverse. I think I've talked about this oh, car yeah. on here before. You yeah. have to push it we used to have to push it, we could push that. it. Yeah. My second like <laughs> car was was the same. It was a ninety two Suzuki Swift. Yeah. They were cute little cars. Yeah, I bought mine for 800 bucks. Yeah, sick. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone got it confused with the Barina because they looked exactly like the yeah. Barina from, from that year. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> My first car was a 1983 BMW 3 Series. Ooh. And it German. Was, 
It was nineteen. Wait. It was nineteen eighty-three. Yeah. Don't, don't forget. <laughs> it was a a real bomb. Like it was terrible. And my dad must have had the biggest soft spot because he is like the most practical, frugal man. And I fell in love with this car as soon as I saw it because it was lowered to the ground. It had big rims and it had a massive shadow conspiracy sticker on the back, which was my favorite BMX brand. So I was buying it off a BMXer and I just fell in love. I couldn't stop thinking about it and talking about it. And he knew it was terrible and he still bought it for <laughs> Do you, I don't know if I've told you this. It was horrid. You know, 1983, I think it's K30, <coughs> BMW. That's like my favorite car of all time. Oh, there That's you go. Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. There you go. You know, the little race heads used to like strip them out and put an SR5 straight in. I don't know what that means, but that's what the Lebanese guy said when they came and, <laughs> came and <laughs> tore the car apart after I rode it off and sold it <laughs> as a written off car. Oh. Still, what is an SR5? It's an engine. It's a, it's yeah, a very- I, I gathered yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you just said, I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't know what it means. Like, what's it out of? Um, It's out of Sh- Chevy's or um, I'm pretty sure it's out of Chevy. Oh, I could be butchering that. I'm pretty sure it's out of Chevy's. All right. It's a thing that makes the yeah. car go broom. Yes. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Yeah. Um, What are we doing again? Uh, Gravefuls. Well, CJ was break, grateful for his car and then it turned into that. <laughs> it's a car chat. So, James, well, you... Oh, I was just going to say, it makes me grateful for my car too. This yeah. is the first car I've had that hasn't had issues, touch wood, except for the kangaroo incident. But For poor Skippy. That wasn't the car issue. That yeah, was that like, was me. Yeah. No, it was the kangaroo. Yeah. Getting <laughs> in your look, way. Look left and right before you cross the road, buddy. Hop across, Skippy. Fuck. Now that we're talking about cars... Tom, bro, you know the horrors I've had with cars. Nah, it's been smooth. Sailing, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I had a car in the mechanics for six months and then they still couldn't fix it. Wasn't it longer than that? Oh, I thought it was it closer been to eight, a year. Yeah, it might have been eight months, What was actually months. wrong with it? I don't know. <laughs> no one knows. But it was like, if you <laughs> Google what was wrong with it, like um, it's only ever happened to Mazda CX-7s and that's what I had at the time. Mm. Um, so yeah, and I remember me and my ex, we spent like over 10 grand on it, like fixing it and- What? Yeah, there was so much shit wrong with it. And then that was the final, that was the final straw. Dang. Yeah, it's a nightmare. So I'm grateful for oh my, my car. I got a nice, uh, I got a nice new car now. Yes. So yeah. it's, uh, and it's under warranty. So it's good. Yeah, yeah I'm grateful fair. for cars too. You know what? Let's round it out. I'm going to say I'm grateful for my car. I got my, I got my car back this morning after getting rear-ended a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's it's nice having the car. What happened to your, um, what was the yellow car you had again? The Getz. Yeah. What about it? Where's that? I sold it. Oh, did you? Yeah, I sold it. That thing was mm. a beast. Yeah, it was sick. I moved half the gym in it. Yeah. You don't used to call it no the BW. <laughs> you know, how, how common do you think, you know, a, a um a 2010 Hyundai gets in bright yellow is they're everywhere and that exact car like my car with the right license plate showed up in the in like the workman's yard around the corner for like a year it was parked there every day so whoever bought my car was working around the corner here wild like have you ever seen your old cars out driving around it's pretty rare no no a mate took a photo so my first car um, with the like body kit and all that, it got written off. It got r- like someone rammed into the back of it, um, and then you know I got the newer one. Um, my mate spotted it, so someone must have like got it from I don't know the wreckers or scrapyard uh, and fixed actually fixed it. Yeah. I don't know; it was not worth fixing, <laughs> but yeah, and he took a photo of it. It's alive somewhere. Yeah, I I saw, I had for a for a couple of years a Toyota Corolla station wagon, a four wheel drive one. 
and they're they're not then they're pretty rare. The four wheel drive DX ones. was it a DX wagon? I don't know what that means. They were huge in Christchurch. Yeah, yeah, the, with the boy races. Yeah, 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 yeah. they're cool. Um, and it turned up in in a, a car yard, literally walking distance from my old house. The most racist car yard on earth, actually. What do you mean? The name of the car. Is it the Polynesian cars? <laughs> yeah. The name of the car yard is called Cars for Polynesians. <laughs> what? Like, what? Um, but, and so that in itself, I mean, it's not racist, but you imagine it for written for anyone else. Like imagine a religious group, Cars for Muslims. <laughs> <laughs> cars for white people. Cars for Asians. Like it, it just doesn't land as well. But when it's Cars for Polynesians in Woodridge, and every car is like a, those Mitsubishi space vans. <laughs> it kind of makes sense. <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, it's owned by a white guy? Is it? Nah, it's not. It's not. Uh, I was going to say, how would you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because, uh, you know, you know, Jason, CJ, used to cut his hair. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So he, that's where he got his car and he's fresh ass. Oh, nice. Really? <laughs> yeah, he got his car from Cars for Polynesians. Small world. That's so funny. I've got another grateful, actually. I'm grateful for this little doggo on my lap. Mm. It's his eighth birthday Happy today. Happy birthday, Happy Poots. birthday. Damn. There Just a little version of Buddy. Sleeping between attacks. <laughs> <laughs> He's bit Thomas's face before. <laughs> How precious. <laughs> How precious. <laughs> little right. nibble on the nose. Uh, CJ, what's your quote? Um, if you don't make time for your wellness, you'll be forced to make time for your illness. Nice. Mm, yeah. Okay. Nice, nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Mine is what worries you masters you. Ooh. Yes. That's right. Yes. Bridget. Um, if you can't beat the fear, just do it scared. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Um let's go. Uh, waiting for James is one. <laughs> he, he who procrastinates <laughs> masturbates or something like that. <laughs> That's a great quote. I like that one. I like that one. I'm going to run with that. <laughs> he who procrastinates masturbates. That's oh, a good man. one. Uh, but other than that, what have you guys been up to? No, what's your quote? <laughs> you haven't got one. Have no, you? I haven't got one. I haven't got one. I haven't got one. <laughs> I was going to go with one from Coach Riley from the Mighty Ducks, mm. which is it's it ain't worth winning if you can't win big, but it makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> it's like a one, yeah, but you didn't win by enough. Oh, I'm a loser. Uh, <laughs> what? what? Oh, it's not worth it. Uh, yeah, what have we been up to? What have you been up to, Tom, bro? How's prep going? Prep's going all right. I did the, the hardest squat session of my entire life the other day, and I'm still fatigued from it. So that was a bit of a shock to the system. Uh, but I hadn't been sleeping properly, and uh, I adjusted my CPAP, so now I'm sleeping like a god. How good. And, and I feel like that's going to help. And if it doesn't, I'll pull out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's where we're at. <laughs> Your max squat's 365. No, I've done 380. Oh, you've done 380. Yeah. yeah. yeah when was that? That was at the last equipped comp. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's insane. Games. So my, my max double is 365 and I did 360. That's good. Mm. But I'm significantly lighter w- than when I did that. Mm. Uh, and what's your best squat, Justin Raps? Raw? Classic raw? 345. 345. Wow. Yeah, yeah nice. Fuck. Uh, but lots of things going on. Um, we're building the uh, the APL coaching course. Um, and this course is unique to any other Powerlifting Federation coaching course in that it's actually designed to help coaches. It's actually information for coaches by a coach. So there's a big difference. Uh, it's not a money grab. You don't have to do it. Every other powerlifting federation that's done a course in Australia has forced you to do it to coach at competitions. We are not doing that. This is completely optional. This is literally just to encourage 
our growing uh, our growing federation APL with lots of new coaches that are just PTs whose clients are like, I want to try this powerlifting thing to understand the sport of powerlifting, to understand how to coach their lifters at powerlifting comps, to make sure that they're giving their lifters the best chance to do the best they can at competition. So um, CJ and I've been working on that. We've got the nutrition course that I've, I've uh, just got to go through all the final footage to edit and put that out. Um, we've got some zero stuff happening in the background. Uh, there's currently three, <laughs> three potential next zeros and I got to pick which one becomes the focus. So I'm deliberating what happens there. Wales is kind of one step forward, two steps backwards at the moment, trying to find a place, but we're still still plodding along there. But yeah, yeah, going along. Can you disclose the location? In Wales? No, no, no. For one of the potentials? No. No. Ooh, top no. secret. No, because the, the, the thing is, if I say yes, and I say we're going to do it in wherever, uh, and it doesn't happen, I feel a bit stupid. No, fair yeah. enough. Mm-hmm. You, you don't, yeah, don't announce it until you know it's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, CJ, what have you been up to? Logan Zero, we're coming. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you a story. Actually, two doors down from Cars Cars for Polynesians, there was a big, a big industrial unit that came available. And it was... Zero for Polynesians. This is when when I only had PTC Gold Coast. And PTC wasn't actually doing that well. Like it wasn't, it wasn't making enough money for me to justify opening a second gym. And I put inquiries on this place. I went and checked it out. I put in an offer. We were going back and forth. And I can't remember why I, I, didn't, I didn't go ahead with it. But I'm so glad I didn't because that would have destroyed me. Like there's no way I could have made that work. So thank you, Cosmos, for blocking me from that. <laughs> uh, Bridget, what have you been up to? Um, not much. Just the same as last week. Just swimming in the ocean and training and Muay Thai and a bit of everything. Nice. Yeah. Living nice. life and loving it. Nice. Um, yeah. So, uh, like Tom was saying, we're doing a lot of filming, a lot of post-production on the nutrition course. Um, and, um, yeah, training's been good. Been actually getting into it again and, like, pain-free. And Yay. Yeah. We're heading in the right direction, making progress. So I'm really stoked about that. Good. Um, yeah. Mm. Um, Me, I've just been... Chipping away, slowly getting back into uh, routine with like training, eating, everything like that. I've uh, I fell into a little bit of a slump after that uh, race. I was just burnt out, so I'm slowly uh, starting to feel like myself again. So that's good. But no, I haven't been up to anything, anything uh, spectacular. Hoping to lift weights more than once a week again and have like some proper sessions. So yeah, that's it. That's nice. it for me. Mm. Do you ever get like when you when you have these lulls, these periods of, you know, training not being as much of a priority? Mm. Do you get any guilt about it? No, nah, not at all. That's good. Yeah, I don't think I've ever um, I've never attached my identity to lifting weights and being muscular and because I guess even though I've lifted weights for this long, I've never been muscular and jacked and strong. So I've never really attached my identity to it, and I've always got other outlets. So when training's not going good, it's like sweet. I get to play more basketball now. Mm. I get to do this more. I get to do this. Uh, like, nah, I'm I'm sweet with it. Because you've seen me, Thomas. I've done it a million times. And yeah, I never, yeah. And I, it never really fusses me. I think it's one of the best things about being generally active. Mm. Like, a lot of people that can't lift weights for whatever reason, you know, maybe they get hurt or they lose motivation of some sort and they, they stop going for a while, do develop a great sense of guilt around it because they're not doing anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when you're staying relatively active and healthy and it's kind of, 
you know, giving giving you some sort of dopamine hit and keeping you healthy and keeping you fit, uh, it it kind of fills that hole. Yeah, that's it. That's why I don't think I ever really um, and it makes getting back into training way easier for me. It's like I never really lose strength. Like mm. I'll be sore for a couple of days after the first session, but then it's uh rel- relatively back to normal after that. Yeah, yeah. which is good. Um, all right, I've got a few uh. I've got a, the topic for today is, this has to be a short one, guys, just because I have to be out here at 12, but um, common and mostly bad fitness advice that is actually pretty good. So we're going through pieces of advice and sort of rating them as to... Yeah. You guys, they're good or bad, is or it whether they agree or yeah. disagree. Yeah. So, sorry. You go. Some of, them are, some of them are real corny, like gym quotes you've seen all over the internet and things like that, and some of them are just generally good advice, Yeah. but you guys can uh, look at it through any lens you want. You guys can create some context around it if you want. Yeah. Uh, well, you well you before, guys tell me if it's good or bad. Before we go through the ones you've written down, let's see if there's any common ones that like immediately pop to mind. CJ, can you think of any like common gym co- quotes or Bridget? All I can hear is that one in my head that we read out before was that train insane or remain the same. Nice. <laughs> Just playing over and over. Nice, nice, head. nice. Okay, well, let's, <laughs> let's start with that. What do you think? Is it, is it good or bad? It's, it's good. It depends on how you look at it. There's such a thing as overtraining, but if you just keep doing the same thing every week and not pushing yourself to new limits, you're not going to progress. Mm. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually like it. I, I, I think um, there is an element of truth to it. You got to train hard to, yeah. Yeah. to really progress. And there is tra- such a thing as training too hard. We got to be careful with that term overtraining because with lifting weights, we never truly reach the definition of what overtraining is. Yeah, like overtraining is what, um, you know. Uh, ultra marathoners will hit when they start to develop rhabdo and stuff. We we don't do enough work in the gym to do that. Overtraining, as people see it in the gym, is just poor recovery. It's just doing a little bit too much to the point where they kind of feel shitty all the time. Very big difference between that and true overtraining. Um, and yeah, I mean, there is some some risk of that. But most people probably need to hear the message of train harder than don't train too hard. Mm. Mm. If you look back to when we all first started training in the gym, we used to all train like maniacs, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you do drop sets, every single exercise. Absolutely. Everything to failure. So in that context, I think it's fucking awesome. And yeah. the the time in the gym wasn't based on a program because most of us didn't follow one. Mm. Like the time in the gym was based on keep going until you can't go anymore. And yeah, then yeah. Go it was the best. I yeah. remember when I used to train at Snap Fitness, the one in Surfers, and they had like this big staircase. Uh, and if I wasn't like collapsing yeah. down the stairs after leg day, I was like, I haven't trained hard enough. And done enough, exactly. <laughs> mm. yeah. What I didn't like, because I've never been a vomiter. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, I'm, I need to get to that point where I vomit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I've been there. Yeah, I've uh, never been there. Always with cardio, va- like cardio stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, training and boxing and skipping and doing, and then being wanting to throw up. I made the stupid mistake of forcing myself not to. And I don't know if for you guys, whenever you feel like you need to throw up and you force yourself not to, you just feel like absolute horror. Like <laughs> you feel terrible for like four or five hours. It's like I should have thrown up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I had too much pride to run to the bathroom in front of the whole boxing gym. <laughs> no. I've, I've never thrown up from training, but I've come close. Yeah, same. But I can only think of like two or three times that I've come close. And I don't think that's... I don't think everyone gets the like train hard and you'll automatically vomit response. I think it's more just to do with what have you got in your stomach? Mm. Like have you eaten too close to it or... Or not eaten at all. Yeah. Mm. That's what I find odd about uh, Dr. Mike Isretel. <laughs> he throws up every time. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's like, and his nutrition's on point. Yeah. 
don't know. Maybe he has to eat a lot, on, or maybe mm. the way that his timing structure is that he, uh, you know, has to eat close to training, or maybe he's just prone to throwing up. You know how some people are throwing up like every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't. I haven't genuinely thrown up from sickness since I was like ten years old. Besides once, mm. who throws up every week? I don't know. There's people that are just vomiting all the time. There used yeah. to be a kid. One of the first ever members here used to throw up every session <laughs> without really? fail. Yep. Wow. Every oh session. Oh my god. Yeah, well, I, like you can't even uh, say that it's because Mike Isretel's unfit because he's actually, a, you know, he's a brown belt in jujitsu. Yeah, he's a unit. Yeah, yeah, so he's almost a black belt. Wild. And he's got yeah. the fucking yeah. So he's not he's fit, healthy dude, but just has a chunder. Yeah, he's a real life has a, has a chunder. chunder. <laughs> a real life French bulldog. <laughs> yeah, you're I legit. love that term. It's so long. So CJ, you like the term "train insane or remain the same"? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Do you know the other little remix I like to that? What? You know, like the, it'll be a t-shirt, but it'll say "train insane," but it'll say "sane." Sane. Yeah. yeah, with like you, Vegeta or you something. You know how that, that's how Muscle Nation started? Really? Yep. Yep. So, so Nathaniel Anthony, who owns Muscle Nation with another guy, he used to train at Valhalla when it was PTC Brisbane. Uh, and he ran a whole bunch of Instagram pages, uh, like Instagram bodybuilding, bodybuilding motivation, and amassed a following of millions on social media before getting a following was like a possible thing. And he monetized through, besides through brand deals, like he's a pioneer and and paying people or companies paying him to promote their products. Like he sort of was one of the first ever to do it on Instagram, which is crazy to think because he's just up the road, you know. Uh, he rides past me on his bike sometimes. It's wild. Uh, but he... Um, he monetized it by creating Muscle Nation as a as an apparel brand, uh, and his first stuff was like singlets, stringers, and stuff with Train and Sand or Remain the Same with like Goku and Vegeta, and that's that's how it started. Before tights and like it, there was then just a massive hole in the market or a massive opportunity in the market to do women's fitness clothing, and they pivoted to that, and now they are what they are. Wow, it's crazy to think how many uh, how far uh, fitness apparels come. Yeah, wild. Like when we first started training, it was just like the big brands, you know, like Nike. And it was just normal like gym gear, like real technical sweat gear and things like that. Yeah. But now there's like a million gym brands. Yeah. And they're specific to gym things, like yeah. specific gym things, like specific mm. to powerlifting. Like. And they all low-key look the same as well. They must yeah. all come from the same manufacturer. I'm not too sure. Well, like uh, 10 years ago, maybe not 10 years, maybe 15, I don't know, but not that long ago. It was really, really weird. Like there was a big like movement against people wearing tights as pants. Do you remember that? Yes. Like it was very weird to go out in tights. And back then they weren't really like gym leggings. They were just like stockings. <laughs> but like it was really weird to wear tights as pants. And now it's just commonplace. It's just what everyone wears. I wonder who invented the scrunchy bum. Because they cracked it, eh? I don't yeah. know. They cracked it. Like <laughs> it's such a weird concept. Yeah. Make the bum all fucking wrinkly and it makes your bum look better. <laughs> and now every brand does it. Yeah. yeah. As long as it's not all the way down the seam. Then it looks like a big anus. <laughs> <laughs> a big anus. That's the truth. Yeah. There you, go, there you go, CJ. There's your snippet. <laughs> Just Bridget <laughs> talking about big anuses. All right, next one. Fasted cardio is superior to. Non-fasted yeah. cardio. Yeah, non-fasted <laughs> cardio. <laughs> to eating cardio. <laughs> <laughs> to food cardio. <laughs> it just comes from, it's like I was saying the other week about, you know, there's an element of truth. There'll be a study that shows something and people take that inch or, or get that inch and take a mile mm -hmm. from it. Um, it comes from like what fuel source your body will burn with, with no food, you know, available versus after a meal. And so I'm, yeah, I don't know. 
I think it's personal preference more than anything. Mm. Mm. It's kind of like cardio is better than no cardio. And so then it's up to the person, the individual to structure it into their lives in a way that's applicable. Cause like fasted versus non-fasted, the difference is so negligible. Whereas cardio versus no cardio, big difference. I, um, I'm just gonna, so when I went through a little, uh, I used to do 20 minutes on the treadmill before every training session when I was younger. And um, I prefer to do that fasted mm. because if I had a meal before it, it would just feel like a waste of a meal. Uh, and then obviously your calories, uh, you got less calories for the remainder of the day. But I, mm. I think it's great advice. It's not, it's not uh, particularly beneficial, but mm. it's not bad advice. I've heard about, like, I guess probably, I don't know what, where this came from, but bro science or whatever, but the, like they say it's the saying that it's better to like go for runs or do cardio before breakfast because apparently makes your metabolism work harder. So they say, oh, the best time to do to run is before you eat, like while you're fasted. Yeah, see, that's definitely not true. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine myself doing a twenty k tempo run fasted. What That'd What do you terrible. have before you run? In the like when you do a four a.m. run or whatever. If it's just an easy ten k run, uh, nothing. If it's hot, I'll have like a sodium tablet with like a thousand milligrams of sodium. Um, but let's say I've got like a twenty. That's still kind of fasted. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, very because but those runs nothing. are I only just have it so I don't fucking come back real dehydrated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And when do you have the gels? The yeah, I was gonna gel say packs, with many? the big ones. Do yeah. you take gels with you? Yeah. Uh, so let's just say uh, let's say twenty five k run. You take gels, depending uh how experienced you are as well. They recommend to take them every half an hour, but if you can get away with taken less do so because it gets quite expensive mm. so when i first started i take one every half an hour but now in like a 25k just long run i'll only bring two or three and have one you know every tw- uh every seven kilometers or something like that how many how much are they per gel depends what ones you get um but they're like they can be anywhere from like three dollars fifty to seven dollars each Ooh, the alico yeah. gels yeah <laughs> legit <laughs> yeah do but they, um, do they taste good or are they horrible? Some of them are delicious. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. But uh, so yeah, how it looked like is um, I obviously just wake up in the morning and you want something that's like full of carbs. Yeah. And so you, like we do with powerlifting, just carbs and sodium. So yeah. I'd have like two bits of bread with a uh, banana and lots of honey. And then I'll have a sodium drink with like electrolytes and like I'll double up on the sodium tablet and probably have like 2000 milligrams of sodium. And then, uh, that's pretty much it. And then on the run, two to three gels. And each gel is like 25 grams of carbs. Some of them have like 60 grams of sodium. Um, yeah. How long do you have to wait after eating to not mm. feel shit when you're running? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Because uh, like you're obviously not eating and then just running out the mm. door. Yeah, probably. So if we meet in Burley at like quarter past five, I'll eat at like quarter past four. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. so that's it's about an hour. And it's so light, it's not that much anyway. Yeah. Mm. Like I've seen other people, they have big breakfasts. They have to have something big in their stomach so they feel good. But I just feel like a brick if I've How got. They do that. Yeah, no, it's horrible. It. Man, you see people do it with lifting. They'll have like a massive meal and mm. then train immediately. Andy used to do it. Yeah, Andy used to come and have a big meal and then train straight after. Granted, he takes six hours between each set. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I never understood people eating while they're training. Do you know what's odd? So Even I've eating a few lollies, I feel like shit. No, way. I'd feel worse eating a big meal before training than I would running. Mm. Yeah. Like obviously before a fast session, I wouldn't eat a lot. But if I ate a lot before an easy run, that's whatever. You can get through it. But lifting just feels gross. Yeah. It's why yeah. I'm – so normally I eat my meal at 12. Mm-hmm. And then my crack is at 2 and then train at 3, 3.30. Uh, but now I'm eating my meal at 11 because while I'm peaking, if there's any stomach upset, it really throws me off. So I'd rather oh. go into it 
running the risk of being hungry than running the risk mm. of feeling stomach, uh, feeling food in my stomach. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. train hungry than full. Yeah. Any day. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're hungry, you just smash some water and you feel all right. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. And how do you carry the gels? You normally, uh, lots of people wear like a race belt. Cool. It's got like little things in it, but I've just got all my race tights and shorts all have like little pockets for gels. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's cool. You know, I'd, like anecdotally, sometimes I do, because I walk buddy, it's about an hour and 15 minutes by my route. And I'll do that every morning. But on the weekend, sometimes I do it in the morning and again in the afternoon. And objectively, it's way better in the morning straight out of bed than in the afternoon. I hate doing it in the afternoon. It takes me it, it takes me a lot more effort to just commit to doing it in the afternoon and it takes me probably half the walk before I feel like I'm all right. Um, as in like don't feel just like tired from the day or feel food in my stomach or whatever, whereas getting straight out of bed, especially if it's dark and the sun comes up, it's just so much more. It feels like it's a really nice way to wake up. Yeah, you've accomplished something for the day, eh? Yeah, so I, like... I don't care if one of them is better or not. For me, it's better to do it faster mm. because it feels better. That's like um, Declan was saying he gets <coughs> up and he gets like natural sunlight in his eyes. It's the first thing he does. Yeah, they say 10 minutes of mm. sun in the morning is supposed to be great for you. Yeah, that's for what Declan you does. Up I like it. Yeah. I, um, I fast till midday most days anyway. <coughs> I don't eat till 12 p.m., 2 p.m. almost every day. Yeah. Um, I, I don't mind training faster mm. either. Like mm. I can get up and go to the gym and train. Sometimes performance isn't that great, but I, I never feel terrible doing it. Yeah, for me it was more of a convenient. It's more of a convenience thing than anything. I didn't start fasting for the health benefits. I just did because it's a convenience, and I don't like eating in the morning. Mm. I like force myself to eat in the morning. Um, Where's Poots? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> can't so see little. him. Yeah. So All right. So the general consensus. Consensus on uh, you have to do fasted cardio? Nah. Don't have to, but you can if you want. Um, all right. <sighs> Five plus a day keeps the doctor away. Veggies? Mm. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, I'm all about that. What's the five? Five uh, different fruit, types of veggies? Fruit and veg. Five yeah. servings. So five it's, servings. it's go for two and five. Two serves of fruit, five serves of veggies. And servings are quite small. Like achieving... Mm. Go for two and five is quite easy. Like I achieve it by breakfast. Oh, wow. Because I have a salad for breakfast. For my veggies. You have a salad for breakfast? Yes. You've done that forever, right? Yeah. Like a kangaroo salad, eh? Kangaroo. Yeah. What do you put yeah. in it? Yeah, Coles does that like superfood slaw mix. Mm. Mm. I have that. Cherry tomatoes, pickles, beetroot, olives, kangaroo. Sweet chili sauce. Wow, for breakfast. That's yeah. really interesting. And, st- and normally chips on top and Lebanese bread on the side and 400 mils of juice. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an is, athlete. Is that your highest <laughs> calorie uh, caloric meal during the day? No, my, my dinner time meal would be. What's dinner? So it's the same as that. So mm. kangaroo mince and, and rice. Uh, but at the moment I'm in the toast phase with pate. Mm. <laughs> yes, Thomas made some homemade pate. Four slices of toast fridge. with two of them with pate, one with like Vegemite and cheese. The other one naked to go with my mints. Uh, then I have a real big smoothie. Nice. Yeah. How, well, how many cows are you on at the moment? Uh, not many, like 3,600 or so. Yeah. yeah. Lots of volume, which is good. Mm. I prefer a couple of big meals rather than lots of food through the day. Yeah. You know what I've been doing lately? I've only just started it. I'm on uh, day... Can't day three. Yeah, I am. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> so big now. Like, oh, even more big. No, no, no. So hear me out. Hear me no, out. No, wait, wait. 
Level with me first. Are you just doing this so you can eat McDonald's patties? No, no, no. no, no. Is that no, what that, that box was, is that in the fridge? The, that was for the dog. Oh, no, no, no. For, for the dog. <laughs> that was literally, actually, Poots, uh, there's two in there for Buddy. There's oh, one. No, no there's yeah. one. Poots oh, the, three. That's right. But um, no, no, no. They're the, they're the dogs. Um, po- I don't always feed my dog Maccas, by the way. It's on special occasions. It's his birthday. It's his birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, yes, yeah, so I've just been uh, because one of my friends is doing. It. He's like, you should do it too. I'm like, yeah, full, give it a full crack. carnivore. Are you still getting some other stuff as well. I'm still having a little bit of fruit. Yeah, like just because I need uh, what? See, I don't know if I need it, but I need it before training or whatever. So I have a little bit of fruit. Um, but yeah, I've been going. Uh, and then I'll have a coffee. Mm. But I'm not even using seasoning, so I'm just salting my food. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm having bone broth. Nice. So I'm just eating steak and uh ground beef. Nice. That's not that different to how you normally eat. It's just kind of cutting out some rice and veggies, right? Yeah. Mm. I, I feel good. And um, yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I know there's not much to it, but I'm just doing it because my friend's doing it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do it again. Mm. It's fun. I wonder if you'll get hella lean. Because a lot, a lot of my mates that have done it have lost a lot of weight. Well, I think it, they only got lean, lean because they're in a calorie deficit. Yeah. And I'm in a huge calorie deficit because of it. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm. How long are you going to do it for? A week? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's try and make it to a week first. <laughs> yeah. No, it's funny you say, because I've got a couple of mates from church that have all of a sudden started doing it. And they're the same as you. They don't eat till midday. They don't feel hungry. Mm. Which, yeah, to me is, yeah, wow. Well, when you're constipated, you don't feel as hungry. <laughs> <laughs> it's it hard goes. to put food in when it doesn't. <laughs> 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 I just think like to eat enough calories on carnivore, is just such an expensive way to eat as well. Mm. Like, so much meat. Yeah, because I was like, oh, my groceries are going to be cheap. It was the exact same. Yeah. Just all meat. But it's so mm. so much easier. Mm. Like planning food so much easier. Yeah. Mm. I'm a so, big convenience kind of guy. So what like what is your diet like when... 12 o'clock you eat you, like what what are you eating uh morning coffee uh Black. bone broth yep yep bone broth mid-morning so i guess that kind of breaks my fast but not really mm-hmm. uh, that's a bone broth yeah and then uh midday probably about 300 grams of uh ground beef nice i've got some uh sausages today too and then dinner will just be a, a big steak Wow. Feel good. Maybe a little bit of fruit here and there. Doing it, Joe Rogan styles. He has a little bit of fruit here and there. Yeah. Well, are you still gonna have the gels? Um, I haven't. I actually haven't ran since I started. Okay. So yeah, yeah. And are you hungry? Nah. Wow. But I'm my eating habits are really odd. Like, I just eat when I binge eat. That's when I get all my calories in. <laughs> I can go all day with that eating. I make up for it. <laughs> I can go all day. I don't have a very good. Uh, I don't have a very good eating habits you know i can eat really healthy all day and then at night time i'll just splurge out so yeah it's been good um (laughs) what were we talking about again Uh, the bad advice the good bad Mm. advice yeah right that's bad advice don't copy me what else we got um girls shouldn't lift weights because they'll get bulky 100 percent agree (laughs) Hundred percent agree. It's such it's such <laughs> a weird notion. Like, I think and of define bulky as well. It's you. Oh, am I? No. <laughs> Should we froth the yeah. You are pretty you're, jacked. You're definitely jacked. Oh, you're definitely jacked. Yeah. Um, no, it's such a weird notion because I think okay, I started lifting weights when I was fourteen, and it's taken me what am I now thirty four. It's taken me twenty years to put on some muscle. <laughs> Training consistently four to five days a week, eating a lot. Like it's been hard and I have the biology that's genetically geared to putting on muscle. 
lift some weights. You'll feel good. <laughs> yes. I, I feel like this kind of goes without saying. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think it's funny because there's still trainers that still say that. Like you'll come across something on Instagram trainers. or TikTok. Yeah, or TikTok. Oh, wow. Yeah, what, what's her name? She does the women's health movement. I don't know. Oh, she's on Instagram, but she posted a guy who was carrying on about that. He was a, um, he's quite big on social media. I can't remember his name. I'll look him up. Oh yeah, he's like the, uh, is his name Andrew Tate? He's like the Andrew Tate of the fitness industry. He's from Israel. Yeah, oh, I think that yeah. was him. Well, yeah. I don't know what just happened to my voice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he um, Goob exposed him recently. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Because he's he he shot to fame because he went on. Is it called Fiverr? Where you just like. Contract, yeah, yeah. contract yeah. people out. He went on Fiverr and contracted to like all these fake news websites to get his like uh, his social rating up much higher to like try and give him some some credibility. But yeah, he's just like I don't even know why he's doing this. Surely he doesn't actually believe it. I, I hope it's for attention. But it's That's wild. what I mean because all of his claims, it's like you could easily just type in Google that question. I know, and there wouldn't be one thing backing your argument. No. Nah. Yeah, no. Nah, so it's horrible advice. No. Nah. Lift weights. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, yes. I, I, when, yeah, the, the female thing is interesting because I, you know, that was me talking about me. I think of all the, the females I know who have tried to do, excuse me, fitness stuff or bodybuilding and, and how hard they work and how hard it is to, for them to gain any muscle at all. It's like far out. Do you know what's crazy? When I first moved to Australia, so in 2012, uh, me and my partner at the time, she, it was her first time training in a gym. So we moved over from New Zealand together. Mm. Her first time training in the gym. And her trainer was one of the trainers who had been a part of the Titans. He played in the NRL as well. Mm. And he was still a trainer for Q Cup. And he still believed that girls shouldn't lift weights because nice. they'll get bulky. Nice. How crazy is that? Wild. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so I still there's lots of people still uh, spitting out that, uh, that girls shouldn't lift weights. But it, yeah. Yeah. It's so silly. I think... Um, I don't, I don't know if this is a weird thing to say, but I think the beauty standards from which that that sort of attitude arised have long gone. Mm. Like what once people classified as like standard beauty is not the same as when those beliefs were out there. So I think that has something to do with it. But fuck, I don't know what I'm talking about. No, I was just thinking that I look at like TV shows – from like the 90s and like the early 2000s and how different like the female characters yeah. look and I never realized like how little they actually yeah. were until you look back now like they're so yeah. tiny yeah. yeah it's changed so much yeah absolutely um targeting muscles from different angles oh I like this one yeah okay talk to me I like this one how are you looking at it no you tell me first targeting muscles from different angles I get it I get I yeah I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at it through. I don't know. When I hear about people like turn your toes in for leg extensions and things like that, I'm like, that's very odd because you're just extending and flexing your knee. Uh. You're doing the exact same thing, but you're just turning your foot out. Uh. Uh, then you've got people like uh, Coach Kasim and the whole in, in one education thing. Mm. They're so pedantic about it. And that like, you know, it's the, be, it's the be all and end all for those guys in training. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So, so it's a mixed bag. I find it interesting that the argument is like, no, just do compounds, go heavy and go hard. And then it's like, no, do these optimal music. Um, it's like, you can do both. Mm. Mm. And both are kind of fun. So I like playing around with angles and playing around with different machines and different handles and all that sort of stuff. I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. I think it feels good. 
Uh, I think any way you can sort of chase a pump and feel good about training is a good positive reinforcement. I think at some stage on some exercises, you need to go fucking train and stay insane or stay the same kind of mentality. So yeah, do a heavy ass lat pull down with, you know, consistent technique, but then sure, get on half a knee and twist around and, you know, pull around and try and feel the lower fibers of your iliac insertions or whatever. Because uh, if it feels good and you get a pump out of it, I mean, it's going to satisfy you mentally uh, and keep you coming back for more. Well, that's it. The only time I um, am really specific about exercise selection, how people do them, it's purely for uh, variation. Yeah. I'm like, do a row like this. And they'll be like, okay, what's this for? I'm like, ah, oh, it's just a variation. Just mm. do something different. Because yeah, yeah. I always see that you do this row. So let's do this, this block. Um, and, you know, let's try to progress something new. So uh, I do it for that reason. Um, there'll be times, you know, be like, get someone to do a bicep curl with a straight bar just so they can access a little bit more range through their shoulders. Like if they really struggle to externally rotate their shoulders or, you know, you'll notice like with big dudes, they have to bend, twist sideways to pick up a barbell uh, when they're deadlifting just because they lack that uh, range of their shoulders. So um, that was a li- that was inspired by Angus Bradley mm. doing some curls above your head, uh, things like that. But yeah, yeah. C- curls above your head? Like ah. Changing the position of your yeah. arms while you're doing curls. You know, like that broomstick drill that you do. Yeah. Yeah, similar to that. See how it's so much harder for you to do that drill? Mm. What's that drill called, Thomas? You mean just like the lat stretch? Yeah. 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 See how hard that is for you? Mm. <laughs> but um, <laughs> what I do find odd, though, is these people, It's there's a certain demographic. It's always the fitness nerds that preach about the angles, and not one of them are jacked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. That's why I feel really funny about giving out hypertrophy advice. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, ah, just do it this way. But no, no, do you know what I'm saying? Like when I see them releasing content, like regularly, this is how you should do it. You've been doing your lap pull downs wrong, things like that. I'm like, ah, yeah. looks like you've been doing them wrong too, mister. <laughs> see, I, I don't mind. I don't mind. Because, like, I mean, you can't judge someone's intelligence and knowledge and experience just based on the size of them. Um, but there is definitely people like that that make other people feel bad for not doing it a, a specific way or make people feel stupid for not doing it a specific way. Which inherently applies that their way is the only way. Like there's only one way to do things right and to make progress. And we know for a fact that it's not true. Because before we knew all this stuff, we had Arnold's and Franco's and uh, you know all these classic bodybuilders that just went to the gym and made shit up. Mm. <laughs> and they got jacked. So it's, it's kind of like... There's there's some benefit and, and some... Like I, I saw Ben Yana's kick off again about the whole shoulders back and down thing on on bench press and he, he raises good points and he uses functional functional anatomy, but it's such a reductionist way of looking at the movement. And so incomplete because it speaks in absolutes. It's like, you have to do this because these muscles act exactly in this way. Cueing cannot fix any of this stuff. And to me, it's just hearing the whole, I've tried every diet thing. It's like people can only arrive at the conclusion that cueing is not the answer or this has to be the answer because they don't know what the answer is because they've never been able to find it. It's the number one thing that's wrong with this industry when it comes to education is that no one has the answers because no one has a gold standard. That's the problem that I've tried to solve with Zero and I think we've done a pretty good job of it, but it needs work. Like it needs work. The whole industry needs work in terms of like if you don't have a gold standard that you're working towards – You'll just make up anything to justify what you believe. Mm. Mm. But that's like, <clears throat> you mentioned Binyanis. That's what I was thinking of before. But he, um, like you said, he speaks in complete absolutes. And I always think whenever he's talking in absolutes, I'm like, isn't that just your opinion? 
Oh, absolutely. And he discredits himself by putting other people down. Yeah. And then, like, he's the first person I look at when he's, um, uh, I've got nothing wrong with him, so no one snip at this and send it to him. No, no, no. And, and don't get me wrong. Like, I am very appreciative, uh, appreciative for people like that that are spending their days putting out as much information as possible. Mm. Like, there is a, a huge, it's a gold mine, the sort of stuff that he's putting out, for sure. Uh, but sometimes a little bit more tact and thought and empathy would go a long way. Yeah, I like there was just one post he posted uh, of a bodybuilder and he's like, he's doing his lap pull downs wrong. And I was, and I looked at it and I was like, he should be doing them this way. I was like, this guy's got fucking huge lats. <laughs> like, he's obviously doing something right. Yeah. Well, through your lens, he, he's doing them wrong, but I feel like he's doing them and he's achieved what he set out to do by mm-hmm. growing lats mm-hmm. as a bodybuilder. And so th- th- this is what I mean with empathy, right? Because I used to be like that with what I believe with technique. I used to look at people and be like, why aren't you doing it perfectly? I would I would go as far as like, uh, I'd say in, in the in the early days, I would refuse to ever share any video of any of my lifters or anyone representing my brand that looked not so great technique-wise because I'd be like, this is not representing what we do. But the empathy over time comes with the fact that we're working towards what we believe the gold standard is and that road is a long road to travel and along the way there is going to be imperfection and the reality of trying to lift as much weight as possible or trying to reach peak performance is that imperfection has to happen there will be a trade-off at some point with chasing the ideal technique and pushing intensity for the sake of expressing it on the competition platform there will be that trade-off that occurs and the empathy then comes with people do do things wrong that doesn't mean that they're not trying to do things right and that's mm. what those sort of posts miss. It's like they're doing it wrong. Therefore, the inherent assumption is they're an idiot. They don't know what they're doing. It's just not the case. Yeah, I don't think anyone's set out to or walked into the gym and go, all right, I'm going to do this exercise as wrong as, as I can. As wrong as I can. <laughs> Be the biggest idiot on the planet. Absolutely. That's my goal. Uh, it's all, like we always say, everyone, including coaches, including the Ben Yanises, the Thomas Lillies, the whoever's of the world is doing the absolute best they can for their clients or their audience with the knowledge and the experience that they have. Yes. Everyone's trying to help. Hey. I hope. <laughs> uh, the scales measure your progress. Oh. If weight loss is your goal, they definitely do measure your progress. For yeah. sure. Yeah. There's no other... There's no other if purely weight loss is your goal, like not to mention fat loss or things like that, if weight loss is your goal, then it does measure your progress. I love it though. Uh, muscle weight's more than fat. Yeah, sure. Sure, density-wise it does. But if you're trying to lose weight, you're trying to lose fat. So I guess what's going to happen to the scales? Mm. So the scales are going up. I got bad news for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the scales are... Uh, through a, for a fat loss, uh, weight loss, yes, it does measure your progress. Yeah. But or weight gain. Yeah, well, weight gain, sorry. But um, the other way, like, in terms of performance in the gym, no, nah, not necessarily. Yeah. Nah. Any other ways you want to look at it? Any other ways you want to spin this? No, nah, not really. We're kind of pressed for time now. We've got to wrap things up. Yeah, that's uh, that's it. Any last statements on the list that you wanted to go through? Mm, what have I got? A Smith machine is safer. For what? Anything. I don't know. I've seen so many people die on Smith yeah, machines yeah. in the last couple about of years. That lady in Mexico. Yeah, and it happened again to someone else, like in a very similar oh. way. And a kid in Brisbane died on the Smith machine benching. Yeah. Jamie Smith, uh, not Jamie Smith. Jamie Booze. Remember when he broke his ankle he on, bro- his, 
on Is a Smith, a Smith machine. Yeah. Oh man. How did he do oh, that? Oh, that's right. Trying yeah. to unrack it and it popped back. Yeah. Mm. It popped back out, and so it dropped down. And when he was like getting crushed by it, or the weight was going down, his ankle rolled out to the <laughs> side, busted up his ankle. He was out for ages. Mm. Good while. Yeah. Is it safer? <laughs> nah. Nah. Of course not. Same no. shit. Yeah. And anything. I don't know if it's any more unsafe. Yeah. Yeah. I. Th- but just because it's a Smith machine doesn't mean it's like oh. If you squat in that, it's It'll be safer fine. than... Mm. The intentions of it are meant to be mm. for safety, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. I really want to have a go at one of those 3D ones. I've never used one. A 3D Smith machine? Is that the yeah, one that moves like back and forth? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've, I've used one of them. No good? No, nah, it's weird. Huh. Yeah. I just don't like Smith machines in general. Mm. Yeah. I like them for a few things. Mm. I really like them for seated shoulder press. Yeah. yeah. Or incline. Um... I don't mind them for like stiff leg deadlifts or like hinging. They can feel yeah. pretty good. I hate them for any form of squat. And not because I think they're shit, but I just can never, like I'm thinking of when I play around in hotel gyms or whatever, I can never find a position that doesn't feel like my back or knees are going to explode. They can never make it work for me. What did I used to love doing them? Uh, incline bench press. Yeah. They're nice on a Smith machine. Mm. Mm. We've got one at Zero Mackay. It's the only Zero really? with a Smith machine. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, Southside had one at the start, but we sold it. That's right. Yeah. Oh, well, that's pretty much us for this episode. Sorry, it's a short one. All right. We've got to run. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. See you. Thank you so much for listening to the Zero Podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram, zero underscore weakness. Hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more.